0: Welcome back to Kingdom Cast. This is your host, Bad Luck Chuck. We back at it again with another episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share on all your social media platforms. We are live on YouTube, so for those that are watching on Twitter, if you want to interact with us, head over to the YouTube page and hit up our chat room session. Now, uh, before we get into everything, uh, we're getting a little bit closer to the draft, fellas. A little bit closer to the draft. Cannot wait. Uh, It's one of the biggest holidays of football season in general so before we get into that I'd like to introduce my guy country to the top left of the screen as he's adjusting his screen or whatever and then we bring back another special guest that was on our show previously Uh, we bring back the Kansas City Sports Network guys to the fold and the first one up is Maddie Lane Maddie Maddie how you doing man? (laughs) <laughs> what, what's going on, guys? It's good to be back.
1: You know, it's been what, I think about a year now. I think it was last uh, last year, right around the draft time, was when I was yeah, right around there. So. I'm happy to be here. back with you guys. Yeah, look a little more comfortable this time
0: compared to the last time. <laughs> yeah, you <know, we're> trying, <laughs> trying. You know, getting getting used to it now. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like, whoa, because we came here. He was like, whoa, this is big, like. I don't know. What what should I do? I don't know. I'm yeah, do i my hands. I don't know why you guys
1: wanted me on. I was like, you know, these these guys want me? Like, I don't I don't know. So I guess I'm gonna try to fit in. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to live up to you know the foot they put forward. I'm gonna try to keep up with them and make it go. But now, you know, I found my footing a little bit.
2: You well, think good. so, Matt?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're only on the biggest podcast in the whole city. Uh,
1: uh, no, nah, that's that's because of Craig, not me. Uh,
0: yeah, it's because of Craig Stout. Well, yeah. I mean, Craig is a beast. I mean, uh, Kent, Kent Kent Watson, he's a, he's a beast too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then uh, um, there's oh, other eh, guys. Okay, let's okay, let's calm down on the Kent stuff. Let's calm down with I Kent. Can't. But Craig is okay. All right, all right, we'll leave it, leave it to Craig then. Okay. Sorry, Kent. I tried to be nice, but anyway.
2: <laughs> Yo, before we get even started, Matt. Uh, my boy, how about those Chiefs? Uh, I don't know his exact ad name, but I promised him that I would ask you this question. What exactly are you looking at in your profile picture? <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, well, I I could sit here and tell you guys that, you know, the pigs that we have on the property were doing something funny or there was like a duck flying by or something like that. But no, sometimes, you know, you're taking a picture out there and you just you got to turn a little sideways, get the profile picture, you know, get a little drama in there, show off the chin a little bit just so it looks better. Like, that's all it is.
2: Okay, tell the truth. You were looking at Kent Swanson coming out the lake. (laughs) Okay, listen, that picture wouldn't be the profile picture anymore. Okay, like that hair coming out of
1: the lake. Come on now. Uh, can you imagine that hair coming up out, out the lake in slow motion? Are you? See- oh. No, we can't. We no, no. We we're gonna have to end the podcast if we keep going down this road.
2: <laughs> Shout out to Kent, man. Come back soon, man. You work too hard. Um, let's start. Let's get it cracking, man. Um, I want to. I want to. Everybody loves Jameson Williams, right? Jameson Wilson, what was his name? Jameson Williams. <laughs> I don't know why I call. Him. I want to call him Jamie Wilson for some reason. <laughs> think, of the, think of the think of the whiskey bottle, fam. Jameson Williams. Okay, he's very very popular in Chief's Kingdom right now, along with some other guys: uh, Watson, uh, Sky Moore, George Pickens. Who else is uh, – what's the Olave? Yeah, just put it in the I man. I'm taking George Pickens. I, I don't – I, don't, I I'm, George Pickens no matter what. He's my Vontae <laughs> Mack. How, how do I get people – are you on my side, first of all? And then how do I get, bring people to my side?
1: Okay. Uh, what's the side? Is our side that's George Pickens over the rest of the receivers is the side that we're, we're banging the table for?
2: Okay, and this is why. Cost, I actually think he'll be in position where we don't have to move. Or we might have to move up slightly, but not dramatically, like we would have to move for the other guys. So I think he's more cost efficient. I think he fits the offense. I think he fits what we've been uh, grabbing in free agency, like Juju and MBS. Little fast guy, bigger guy, physical. Um his highlights are just pushing cornerbacks off the line and just <laughs> How could you not love this guy? I'm saying like oh, how could listen, you not love him?
1: I I've been on the George Pickens uh, bandwagon for a long time. Um I I think Beyond like the physicality and the type of player, like just go back and watch like his for his freshman tape where he was completely healthy, you know, as a as a eighteen year old playing in the SEC. His battle with Derek Stingley while he was you know everyone the you know, talk of everybody around college football. Look at him in versus all those teams as a freshman as an eighteen year old. It's all there. Everything you want from him when he was healthy was all there back in twenty nineteen. Like if you're getting that guy, if that was the guy coming into this draft class. You're looking at a top ten pick because the NFL doesn't spend top ten picks on receivers unless they're super 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 fast. Or and for the most part, it's these bigger guys. If you can run well enough, but be over six foot, around 200 pounds, that's your Julio Jones, is your AJ Green's, all these guys that go in the top ten are still usually bigger. Besides Henry Ruggs. So George Pickens is the guy for me. Um, you have to bank on the after the health then, you know, if the chiefs did bring him in for a visit, I would imagine a lot of that was to check out the knee to make sure it was coming back, you know, to hundred percent. Cause if you guarantee that 2019 George Pickens, he's, he's wide receiver one. I do think that the part though, for Jamison Williams, making a ton of sense. He's fast, man. He's, he's not Tyree kill fast, but he's moves faster than everybody else. Fast, right? Like, you're somewhere between or around McCole Hardman, between McCole Hardman, Tyreek Hill, or around that McCole Hardman level where they're just they're so much faster than most other guys out there. So I get why Chiefs fans want Jamison Williams. The Chiefs have always had that kind of vertical presence, but you're you're trading up to the top 15 minimum to get Jamison Williams. I think he's gonna be the first wide receiver taken. He's that fast. It looks like his recovery is going well. So like I'm with you in terms of not wanting to trade up and taking the guy that's probably closer to. Available at twenty nine.
2: Okay, so do you think Jameson Wilson Williams is that chasing Tyree? Because I don't want to chase Tyree. I think that's I think that's a bad precedent. I don't think you should be chasing, replacing Tyree. I don't even think that they're in that same mode of, of how they attack. Like I think the offense has changed with the people they they've signed. I think we're going in a different direction than than the same old same old, right? Do you? I mean, do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I generally agree. I think uh, the Chiefs don't need to go chase the exact same player that Tyreek Hill was. You don't have to replace the, you know, a hundred percent of what he did with a lesser player, but a guy that does the same stuff. You don't need to do that. I, the only way I could see it in terms of like chasing what Tyreek Hill did that makes sense is if you, if you feel like you need that kind of speed, Cause, okay, Marquez Valdez the scantling is fast. He can take the top off a of defense, but he's going to do it mostly on the outside. And he's, he's normal fast. Jamison Williams is freakishly fast. So like, that's where I think you could maybe make it make sense is you're going to chase that level of speed. I just don't think that's worth trading all the picks you got for trading away. Tyreek Hill. To chase after the same style of player, that's where it starts to not make sense. Because then, don't make the trade and just figure out how the money works a different direction.
0: Yeah, can we can we just agree that um, Tyreek Hill is like a once a once in a lifetime generational talent, and that you you, you're not going to replace that, but you can right. find somebody else that can be just as productive or close to that uh, without like training up all your draft picks, or whether it's this draft, next draft, or whether you trade for a receiver before the draft.
2: So, Re- replacing Tyreek is damn near impossible. Right. Right. Let's be honest. There's, there's nobody that fast, that route running. I like the whole, the whole, uh, the, all of it. No, it's nobody. We might, you're we, we're, we're not even going to get a guy as fast as Tyreek. Like, Tyreek is, there's fast and then there's Tyreek fast. It's a difference. It don't call yeah, him the cheetah because it's it's fancy. No, he he, <laughs> he runs really really fast. It's like he's one on one, really really fast. Oh yeah,
1: and that's it. You're yeah. never gonna get that player again. Like you, any team in the NFL is not gonna get that player again. Um, so don't don't try to force that player. I'm with you. You have to replace him kind of in in segments. Like you know, you're gonna have one guy that maybe does seventy five percent of what he did, not as good, but does you know some of it, and then another guy that does more. And even at that point, is it just worth it to go the route of George Pickens, who doesn't do things the same way, but you can still get yourself a reliable wide receiver to win on the outside that can win short to intermediate. And those are things that Tyree Kill was asked to do. Like he was asked to be, especially this past year, he was asked to kind of be your possession receiver, despite, you know, not being the tallest guy. Do you just go a completely different route in terms of body type and play style and replace that production in that specific area with a different player. That's the way it looks like the Chiefs are going when you look at their additions, right? They're getting good but not elite or not great wide receivers to start replacing all around the offense rather than funneling everything through Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey.
2: Do you think that's a better strategy, Matt, that I think it spreads everything out and we're not as predictable? Even though the thing that we were good at was very hard to stop, uh, for um, me, well, I'm a big, I'm a big stars. star, <laughs> right?
1: Like I'm a big stars when your Super Bowls. I think your best players are the guys that get you there and they showed up. Obviously depth matters. Having a complete team is going to matter for y'all, but you know, stars win at the end of the day, when you can't cover Tyree kill, or you have to use two to three defenders to cover Tyree kill, that's going to be more impactful than any completeness. I think that you can put around them. The problem is the NFL does this thing called a salary cap. And no matter how fake or, you know, someone may or may not believe it's going to be, teams, once they start paying a quarterback huge money and then they have to start filling stuff in around it, you just sometimes can't allot that much money or guaranteed money or upfront cash all to just a couple players. And that's where it gets hard. So I think, given the situation, yeah, I think to extend the life, you know, the lifelong or the the lifeblood of this championship team, the run again, you might have to take a small step back in 2022, but you're setting yourself up for another four- to five-year run again after that, and it just is, unfortunately requires to be without Tyree Kill is the fastest and easiest way to do
2: that. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I just thought of this. No, go ahead. Would the fan base allow this team to absolutely – like I was just looking at the Giants. The Giants have like picked five – and pick seven or something like that. Yep. With the with <laughs> with the fan base, allow us to absolutely suck for one year to get top ten picks in every round. Double the rounds on some of this stuff. Maybe trade Chris Jones. Add more people with the fan base. Allow it. In your personal opinion. Um, would, would Patrick Mahomes allow it? Like, could you convince that
1: man to lose that many games? Like, cause he's still good enough with the rest of the roster that you're not, they're not going to pick in the top 10 as long as he's healthy. Like he's, I get, you know, yeah, you guys might get mad at me for this, but he's not Deshaun Watson. He's not going to have finished last in the NFL and have a top five pick while playing in his prime, no matter who's around him. I just don't think that's going to happen. So could you get him to do it without him being injured? And then the fan base, no, they wouldn't, they wouldn't let it happen either, right? Like, the Kansas City's <laughs> fans would freak out. They would not understand the concept, but you would have to convince Mahomes. You'd have to convince Kelsey. He doesn't want to throw away Joe Tooney. Those guys don't want to throw away a year where they are in their career right now. Like, that makes no sense for them either. So there's too many moving parts, I think, where this team is. They can't do a full rebuild over the next year or two.
0: Man, I almost ended the show, man. I'll really no, ended I the show that the show. No, but, but,
2: but think about <laughs> it though. No. If we can get some, we've been picking at 20, 20 – from twenty-five to thirty-one for what the last five years. At uh, least, three, at least I,
1: uh, think longer, right? I mean, it's been when's the last? When did Andy? When is the earliest pick that Andy Reid's had in the first round? Like it's always going to be at the since he's been with Kansas City, right? Like you're always sure. going to be looking pretty deep into the first round.
0: It's been a very yeah. long
1: time. It's been a what's very the, what's long time. our high pick? I mean, they traded up for Mahomes, obviously, but I mean, what? Uh, we were it, at 27 that year. Yeah, no, yeah, you're probably looking at like 15-ish, 16. I forget, where they take D4? That might have been the earliest one. I'm, uh, that was in the 20s, too. Yeah, so they don't pick early. They don't, and they're not going to. Like, right, with, you could even... Look, the worst case scenario, knock on wood, you know, do whatever you have to do. If Mahomes gets injured, do we really not think that Chad Hinney and Andy Reid are going to get this team to at least near 500 and still pick in the middle of the first round, right? Like that's, that's the floor of this team, no matter what. Then you add in Mahomes' talent. This is even regardless of the rest of the team, they're not going to be bad, right? They're just simply not going to be bad, but our expectations of fans right now, it's Super Bowl or bust. Look how upset we were as a fan base that they didn't win the Super Bowl over the Buccaneers when they had like their entire offensive line hurt, right? Like we all <laughs> we all were so mad that they didn't win with like one starting offensive lineman playing in the Super Bowl because that was the expectation we now have. They're not gonna win every year, and the fan base is still mad when they get to the big dance. So, like it's just that's where this team is, and this year might be a step back, especially looking at the rest of the AFC West. The rest of the AFC, and I think people are going to get pretty upset, you know, if they don't come up to that point.
0: Yeah, I think we just got to get used to uh, Patrick Mahomes getting this team to like six, ten or more wins every season, uh, barring injury. Like, I mean, that's the only way the uh, the Packers have had losing seasons in the Aaron Rodgers era is because he got hurt. So that's the
2: only way we get oh. high draft pick. So, um, and back to back to Williams. I think it was. I think it was you on this little podcast, KC Sports Network, whatever. Little podcast. Who are those guys? No, go support it. Go support it. (laughs) But I think you said Eric, and it's another name that I'm going to pronounce wrong. Uh, I I don't know his name. What's his last name? Eric uh, Eureka Zama or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. Eureka Naka. I think the rest of the podcast should be you
1: just trying to figure out how to pronounce his name, actually. I'm hearing that, that now. That. <laughs>
2: who, who is Lightfoot? He, he's, he's, he's a wide receiver. <laughs> it's Aaron I think Matt said that he's like uh, williams Light. Like, he's not oh. as explosive as Williams, but he's like
0: – you can yeah, get him
2: wide in the late right. and he's still got the same potential. Yeah, the wide receiver out of Texas Tech.
1: So he's, I think he's a little bit different than Jameson Williams. I think if you were looking for like a Jameson Williams light type player, uh, Tyquan Thornton, uh, Thornton out of Baylor. That's the fastest guy at the combine because Jamison Williams wasn't healthy. Six foot one, six foot two, 180 pounds. Um, he's the guy that I would say is kind of next. If He's nowhere near as good as Jamison Williams, but if you're just wanting speed on the outside, I think that's the guy you're kind of looking for. Um, <laughs> Eric Azucamba out of Texas Tech. Uh, he's more it, of like an Texas See now,
2: you know what? what? We're
1: calling we're calling him Easy. Easy came and visited okay. the Kansas City Chiefs. Easy. <laughs> um, easy. He, he reminds me a little bit more of like Dwayne Bow, I think kind of in his play style, he's a bigger guy. He's an X receiver. Um, but I think he runs really hard with the ball in his hands. Like so I think for him, he's he, he, I called the like the diet version of Traylon Burks. Like that was kind of my comp for him is like, I'm looking there and I'm trying to come up with a comp for this guy for the Casey draft guide, or just to talk about, I'm like, man, the only player I want to comp- compare him to is Traylon Burks right now. And they're in the same draft class. Like that doesn't work, but He's a little bit different style. Now, I think you could pair him and Jameson Williams together and now all of a sudden you have yourself a great wide receiver. You know, you get the X wide receiver on the outside, the big guy, could be physical, contested catches, then you get the speed of Williams, but eh, I'm with Country here. I'm not I'm not trading up the pick 10 to to take Jameson Williams or any wide receiver.
2: Is is there Williams light in this draft? Is there is there
1: Bud Light Williams in this draft? Yeah, Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor, like I said, he's he ran the four twos, um, about the same size, still a little skinny, but ran the four twos, real track speed. He is fast enough to just run by guys without like having to beat them with his route. Um, if you wanted to go even later, uh, Danny Gray out of SMU, another really fast guy, but neither one of those guys have a game near as complete as Jamison Williams, and that's why we're talking about them as round three, round four, five kind of players.
2: Okay, yeah. So, so who did you do this year? You did corners. So, yeah, I did corners,
1: linebackers, and uh, defensive tackles are what I had for the KCSN draft guide this year. But uh, now that we've gotten by it, you know, I've I filled out my personal board of all the guys I've watched. So, like, I've, I've watched a handful of guys at every position. I think um, if I look at just the guys, I don't have an exact count, but I've, I'm probably up well over 100 guys, no, guys just I watch now.
2: Okay, so I was watching the show, and uh, you actually broke my heart because you were talking about fit. Uh, size, weight, and how many guys were not matching size, weight, or arm length. And it was actually depressing. The more you went on, the more depressed. <laughs> I'm actually – I actually don't want to draft an edge till Sam Williams. And and that's, like, what, the third? It was like, man, he was like, yeah, my face good, but he doesn't meet the criteria. And it was like, oh, God, like <laughs> – is is spags stuck on the criteria or do you think we just got to throw the criteria out the window this year and just get the best player we can get
1: Hmm. so my least favorite part of the draft guide every year uh besides like having to squeeze in all of the write-ups into a deadline is going through and doing steve spagnolo's you know thresholds at defensive end because the guys that fit the thresholds are the guys that you don't like as much because they're not usually explosive. They're not usually bendy. They quite simply usually aren't good pass rushers, right? So going through and doing that is is disappointing. Now I will say this year's a little better than some others, though, because like if you hit all of the criteria or the thresholds that I found for Steve Spagnuolo, that he strongly prefers, if you hit them all, you know you're a perfect fit. If you only miss one, though, he's still drafted, signed, played plenty of guys that only miss one of these thresholds. So if you're a little light or a little short or your arms aren't the exact proper length, it's like that's not a death sentence. And this year, that's where the majority of everyone's favorite edge rushers kind of come from. You know, so you're, I mean, all the big name guys, the Aiden Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson, those guys are all still high fit or, you know, medium to high fit because they only miss one threshold. Moffay, Karloftis, Ajabo, like the majority of guys this year are at least on Steve Spagnuolo's radar if we fall back on his thresholds. The one that misses that I think makes most people sad is Arnold Ebiketti out of Penn State. I know a lot of Chiefs fans really like him. I know they like his game. He's the one guy that I'd be a little surprised to see the Chiefs take because he is short and quite light compared to what Steve Spagnuolo usually goes for.
2: Who was the guy that played at 250 and then showed up to his pro day like 270?
1: Drake Jackson out of USC. Um, He he was bigger as a freshman, and then they've asked him to like slowly lose weight each and every year. And then he played, I want to say he said he played in like the 240s or around 240. And then for the combine, he showed up in the 250s. Then his pro day, he showed up at 270 and was still super athletic. So Drake Jackson He had to go into the draft guide, you know, the KCSN draft guide as a high fit um, or a medium to high fit because he was still a little light and a little short at the time. But by the time his pro day rolled around, you know, he hit the weight mark. So I'd say the Chiefs are likely or he's not ruled out, I guess. This isn't predictive of who the Chiefs would draft. It just kind of rules out guys they most likely aren't interested in. So Drake Jackson's a guy that fits. Like I said, the only guy that doesn't fit that most people seem to really like is Arnold Epichetti.
2: Mm. i ain't gonna even try to pronounce his name yeah, i mean i pretty much i, I got it down now
0: because i couldn't pronounce it at first but you see why this you see why this podcast works though because country he's kind of like the charles barkley of our podcast you know sometimes he'll mispronounce <laughs> oh names my god he knows I was, he talking Br- about. I
2: was brandon marshall now charles barkley <laughs> yeah you're the charles Christ. barkley of this podcast next time i'll <laughs> be <being> joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. you did defensive tackles. Um, dang, I can't pronounce this guy's name. It's like Philtrum or Philtron or, or. No, I'm like I think I know who you're talking about, but I just want to watch. His last you name was Is his last name <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: Mathis. Yeah, uh, Fedarian Mathis, defensive tackle at Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's he's a guy. He, he's interesting. He's got really long arms. Um, he's a little over three hundred pounds. Long arms. He looks. He's a typical Alabama defensive lineman. He played a little three there, a little five tack, little defensive end, little bit of nose tackle. He's gonna get his hands on you. He's gonna extend. He's gonna look over both shoulders. You know, he's he's good. Good run defender. I don't know how much juice there is as a pass rusher. And that one, so like it's fine to take them if you want to take them, you know, later on day two, early day three to be the eventual replacement for Derek Nadi, who's only back on the one year deal. Sure, have at it if you're looking at him, they'll kind of have to bring a little bit of a pass rush. Uh, I, I don't know, I don't know if I'd go that route just yet because I think we've seen this kind of with these Alabama defensive tackles. Like the guys that are really, really good, you're Quinn Williams and Duron Paints, those guys are going to go early. If you try to find that, you know, middle round guy to become a pass rusher from Bama, if they haven't shown it at Bama, they're probably not going to show it much in the NFL.
0: Gotcha. All right. So, um, all right, so
2: here's here's we're my not thing. doing no more comments, man. Look at these comments about no. me, man. No, <laughs> I'm honest, not talking about that. Talk <laughs> no Co- country just stop. Just stop, bro. <laughs> I, I think that's why I was Country. Is started. this your I least favorite, favorite time of the year?
1: Is this, favorite, is this your least favorite time of the year when you have to go through and pronounce all these new guys' names? <laughs> no.
0: uh, I guess so. Um, I guess so, man. I,
2: I, I, t- I, don't. I can't say it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, yeah I think you have okay, you another now. another guy.
2: Um, Hold, on, Hold on, player. Hold, Hold on, bad, player. Oh my bad. My bad. Go ahead, hey. bro. I'm sorry. Hey.
0: Okay. I'm sorry. All right. So. Earlier we went through some of the receivers already. Um, Here's one that you kind of having a hard time with, which is very surprising to me. Uh, Gary Wilson of Ohio State. Okay, why do you feel, why are you having a hard time thinking he can't produce the way he's produced in college at the NFL level?
1: All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to protect myself first before we start. Uh, All right. I, Garrett Wilson has, has moved up my wide receiver rankings right now. Um, when people kind of see, and i you know, when I get my, my horizontal board, which is kind of like my personal big board out, it'll go into like everybody. that's part of the, you know, KCS and discord. And I'm sure it'll, I'll talk about it some Garrett Wilson has moved up to my wide receiver five. So like he, he's a little bit higher than where I've talked about in the past. And I think his upside is tremendous. Like, Outside of George Pickens, I'd say he's my um, like he's got the highest ceiling in this class. He's the only other guy with Pickens that I see being a true wide receiver one you can build your offense around. I just think there's so much risk there in how he runs his routes. I think he runs every route like it's seven on seven. He's not worried about being on time. He's not worrying about being open quickly. He's just worried about being open, and I think that's very seven on seventy. So when you watch him he takes a lot of really elongated steps. He takes high steps. He drags his toes for all of his different breaks, and it's very aesthetically pleasing. You watch it, and you're like, whoa, that looks really cool. It looks really smooth. But then you start to look closer at how the defensive back reacts, and it's like, well, he's not fooled because you can't accelerate when you're stepping outside your frame over and over again. You're actively going to be slowing down every time you do that. So when you do it three steps in a row, you're obviously going to break it looks nice. It looks like you're breaking on a really sharp turn, but the defensive back sees it. The problem is you're a big 10 defensive back. you play corner for Michigan state. You're not a good athlete. What are you going to do about it? And the NFL, will that still work? Like the guys that run routes like that in the NFL that dominate are Stefan Diggs and nobody else, right? Not that he can't fix it, but Stefan Diggs, and that's why I think people comp them to each other, he's the only guy that really runs routes in that manner. So it can work. I just don't know if I have the utmost confidence that it will.
0: Yeah, because I find it interesting because, like, um, I, know he, I know his yards per route was higher than Olave's in college. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, don't you think that Tyreek Hill was kind of going through that stage where he was learning the position? Because he's originally a running back before he stood up in the Chiefs uniform. Don't you think that's kind of like the same thing in a sense? It, it, No, it is similar. And that's something that
1: I've kind of had to adjust over the years. I mean, probably back before, around when Tyreek Hill came in. Um, well, and I could, I, I'm going to go back and say, like, I watched Tyreek Hill's tape at Oklahoma State when the Chiefs drafted him, right? And I said this guy immediately, I was like, hmm, I think this guy should play wide receiver, not running back. Because that's what he was playing in college. I was like, I watched him, I was like, nah, this guy should play wide receiver, not running back. Now, did I know he was going to be, you know, the best wide receiver in football ops. Of course not. But like, I thought that he could play wide receiver. Um, So like I get it. And then route running isn't a finished product in college, right? Like you could very easily fix route running. That is something that can be changed as you move to the, to the next level. So Garrett Wilson, one, the way he runs routes now can work. It absolutely could come out and it could work. He could also change it and get more structured, get more traditionals route running very easily and still be good. But I'm just sitting there thinking and looking at him like, well, he's a little bit small. He's thin. He's under like he's like 180 pounds. He's pretty thin. He doesn't play super strong. Can he get knocked off his base? Can he run can he run routes as sharp when he's not taking these elongated steps and getting outside? of I just would like to see it a little bit more, I guess. So now, like I said, I've moved him up. You know, he's he's wide receiver five for me just behind. Jamison Williams, Pickens, Drake London, Traylon Burks, and Garrett Wilson above Chris Olave for me now. So, like, he's moving up. It's just I do see some risk there because I haven't seen him do what I think usually wins in the NFL.
0: Okay, that's fair. Because um, I think, like, if he's in the right situation, depending on which team drafts him, I think he'd be, like, a Pro Bowl talent in, like, two years. That's how I see it with him. Yeah.
1: No, and I, I've I've come way around on the ceiling. Like at first, the first couple games I watched, I was like, "Hmm, I don't know exactly what I'm, <laughs> I don't know exactly what I'm seeing here. I don't know how it's going to work." I get, I get I'm it sorry. now. The more I've watched, no, no, you're, the more I've watched, I see how it works. I see the ceiling. I, I was, un, I underrated his ability after the catch too. Like Garrett Wilson after the once he has the ball in his hands, is special. Um, so yeah, he's he's a guy that I've come around a little bit on. I'm not going to be as high. As what it sounds like the NFL is, you know, I don't think he should be flirting with a top 10 pick, but I've come around on him. If he's there, as you get into the 20s, he's a guy that I would absolutely be keeping my eyes on if I were, you know, the Chiefs or Chiefs fans.
2: Um, Am am I fair in thinking that Green Bay scares me the most? Because I think they need exactly what we need, like almost to a T exactly. But they, and they got, they got 22 and 28. I'm going to be not breathing during both of those picks. Do you feel the same way? Listen, I have
1: deep scars with Green Bay taking players that I love for the Kansas City Chiefs. Going back to them trading up for Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage. They they snuck Josh Jackson. Now, this one didn't pan out, but they snuck Josh Jackson out from Chiefs' fingers. Um, So, yeah, I – I'm scared about that. Like, I think Green Bay has always hurt me taking guys that I like that I think fit well with the Chiefs, and this year I don't think will be any different. They want big wide receivers that play on the outside for Aaron Rodgers. The Chiefs we assume want big wide receivers that want to play outside for the Chiefs. Very and defensive end. They lost to Darius Smith to free agency. They might want another defensive end now. They usually prefer bigger. Stiffer hipped guys just like the Chiefs want bigger stiffer hip defensive ends.
2: If they take pickings, I'm gonna I'm gonna be mad, man. I just I think I think they I think they get the other guys first, but they might get Ohio State guys first, but I just don't want them to take pickings. <laughs> when is the like- last time when is the last time the Chiefs have taken somebody that you uh all- all fan, all, all work to decide that Matt wanted. I like this guy. And I want this guy. Not that one. they necessarily finished the Chiefs, or so you just dislike the guy, right? Um, As Juan fan. Thornhill.
1: Juan Thornhill was a big one. We were all really big fans, of, of Juan Thornhill. Um, so like that, that was one that we were all really excited when the Chiefs, you know, everybody that was doing the draft guide, then was really excited the Chiefs took Juan Thornhill. Um. I think we were a little bit more split on Clyde Renzi-Lair. We all liked him, but you start getting into that issue of running back value. So like not everybody was excited necessarily for that pick. It's like, I really think Juan Thornhill was probably the last one, like the only one since Brett Beach took over that we were like super, super excited for. Not that we didn't like other picks, just that was the one I think that we all kind of that do the KCS and draft guy got excited about.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm excuse me, I'm sorry I had to uh cut out the camera for a sec. Uh currently battling the cold. uh full disclosure, y'all. So I apologize. <laughs> but um but I had to turn the I had to turn the comments off, man, on my end. because they're I'm like, I'm <laughs> <laughing. laughs> Don't off, turn man. the comments off, man. No, I didn't t- no, I didn't turn them off. I'm talking about on my end, dog. So I wanna say it no
2: more for a while. He doesn't want I'm to see me laughing.
0: Anymore. I'm gonna keep laughing if I
2: if I if I keep it up.
0: But uh, some,
2: some, so you did, you did corners. It's a lot of corners. Um, Zion, uh, McCullum,
0: Zion McCullum,
2: yeah. Damn, Sam Houston State. Um, <laughs> uh, Alante Taylor, yeah, from Tennessee, right? Um, yep, yep. Look at you, you're on a roll. Oh, uh, I'm yeah. I don't want to ruin it. I'm just looking at late round gym corners. Um, you got anybody for me? Those guys. Um, yeah, I think those those two are those
1: two are good ones. Um it, it's so hard because right, the the Chiefs like long physical corners, but the thing is like so does the NFL, right? So it's really hard to find, I guess, guys that you're gonna find later in the draft that fit that mold that are long physical corners just because of I mean, everybody wants those players. Um I, I love Joshua Williams out of Fayetteville State. Um, super long, super strong corner. I think he's gonna need a year before he's ready to be a full-time starter. but I really love like the physical profile that he comes with. Jalen Watson out of Washington State, kind of same thing. He might be able to play a little bit sooner just because he's you know got a little bit more experience at a higher level of competition, but still you're looking at a long, relatively athletic guy that can press a little bit and those guys like that just go so early in the draft because that's what every team kind of wants. So that round four range I think is the bottom end of that you can kind of chase after for a corner.
2: Well, what's okay. what's the what's the arm length thing you said about the cornerbacks? That's another yeah. criteria that made me upset. Oh boy ain't like, th- ain't
0: like 30 <laughs> ain't like 30 was it like is it
2: 34 inches or is it
0: 31 inches? I get I get them mixed up between yeah, that yeah. and defensive D ends are 33
1: and above um, offensive tackles are 34 and above, or maybe 35 and above. And then corners aren't as much of a like threshold as much as a preference. Um, this is more of a Craig thing. But if I remember correctly, Steve Spagnolo very much prefers guys with arms over 32 inches. uh he's dipped and the nfl in general likes it over 31 inches like if you look at first round corners taken like the majority Uh of them have over 31 inch arms the average um all pro corner over the past two decades or whatever is like 31 and 5 8 inches as well so like linked corner matters and Unfortunately, a lot of guys that Chiefs fans like that are good players end up just short of that. You know, your Kyir Kyrie Elam, Trent McDuffie, Derek Stingley, Andrew Booth Jr. Like all these guys are really good players, but they're technically under that like median of arm length for all pro corners. And the NFL does react pretty strongly to stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I personally think Stingley is him in this draft, though. So for I sure. personally don't think that's matter. And then Andrew Booth, he can't be that. Uh, we just have to wait and see on him. But he probably be like the next tier after uh Stingley and um Sauce, so
1: <laughs> yeah. No, but. I'm with you. Hey, we're we're right there with that one. It's it's Stingley to me, and I I have Booth close to him just because I think Andrew Booth moves in like that same way Stingley does. Like I watched I'm like, okay, that looks like a guy that's gonna be an All Pro if he puts it together. But he's obviously right. a little bit more raw. I have those two definitely separated from uh you know Sauce Gardner. I like Sauce. It's just. I think he's a clear step behind those guys when you just kind of look at how they move on the field. So, like, I'm kind of right there with you on that group.
2: So
1: you got, so, you got Finley as your number one? Yeah, I do. Um, and I mean, yeah, he forget it's the same thing as Pickens as a freshman. If you're going to dominate the sec as a freshman, like I don't care if a foot injury slowed you down. If you come back, healthy from it. If you maybe struggled a little bit as a sophomore during the COVID year, like I don't, I don't care. You were so good as an 18 year old versus the best competition you're going to see, and I see every single trait I want out of a man coverage corner from him. Like he's he's easily number one for me. If I was a team picking in the top ten, I'd have no problem taking him there. Like he's just as good as Denzel Ward or uh, Marshawn Lattimore coming out when they went top ten and no Jeff Okuda. Like nobody cared, and like nobody should care about Stingley. But I get the concerns. I just I would take the risk.
0: Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it, Matt. Um, let's go to um the KCSN mock, man. Okay, oh boy. so yeah, so you guys had at twenty-nine, you guys decided not to trade up. You just kept it as it is, kept all the picks or whatever. Um so at twenty nine, you guys had Lewis sign out of Georgia, and then at pick thirty you had Sky Moore in the for the first round. Now Lewis sign, that's he was a guy I was very high on when um you know all these guys started declaring and stuff. Because we was looking for a Tyron Matthew replacement then, before uh, Justin Reed signed here. So, um, but with this signing, um, you thinking that the Chiefs would go to like a three-safety look. Now, if you were to select this guy, I mean, who would be more of like your slot corner in nickel situations? Would it be signed, or would it be more Justin Reed if you were to stick with this pick?
1: So, okay, so yeah, we, we got a lot of pushback for, you know, for Lewis seen in this draft and I, I get it um, especially because we passed on We're Daxton seeing. Hill to do it. Right. And Daxton Hills, yeah. a, he's a very easy translation to a slot corner for the chiefs,
0: uh-huh.
1: but here's the thing. Do the chiefs really want to move Legarius Sneed out of the slot? Like, are we so sure that they don't want Legereus Sneed playing in the slot? They kind of flirted with bringing in a slot corner last year and Kawan Williams, but they weren't willing to really pay him that much money. It's not like he went and played for eight million dollars in Frisco. So right. do they really want to move Sneed out of the slot or are they happy with his ability to play the run and blitz from there? Right. So I'm not sold that they need a slot corner or think that they do. And then, like, where how I would see the safety room playing out this way, I think that Justin Reed and Lewisine sign, I, I don't know which way it's pronounced for sure. Um, right, I think him and Justin Reed would play your two safety, they'd be out there in your base you would probably bring Juan Thornhill out there for your three safety. Looks. So Juan Thornhill would technically mm. be your Dan Sorensen. That's how I'd see it. And mm. I like Juan Thornhill. I love the athleticism. I like the ceiling, but we're going into the fourth year and it's been up and down for him. I know there was an injury in there, but it's been, his career has been up and down for the Chiefs. Like, are they ready to lock into him long-term? Are they going to extend him at the end of this year? We don't know where we sit. I think Sean and Justin Reed give you a little bit more versatility because you don't have to lock either. Like, both of them can play in the box. They can go cover a tight end. They can go play deep. So I think it's just a little bit more versatile. You can do a little bit of everything. And who's to say warm Thornhill can't kick down and play a little bit in the slot as well. Like he played corner at Virginia. He played corner the year before he switched to safety and came out. Maybe he gives you some reps there. I, I'm not worried about the chiefs finding a way to use three safeties. I, I watched them do miracles to get Dan Sorensen on the field. Like I think they can get Juan Thornhill on the field just as easily.
0: So, and yeah, it would be a definite upgrade. So like, um, and just like your base safety look like who would be who would be on the strong side and who would be more of a free safety guy if, if it were to, if it were to be signed in a read I think you'd play read deep
1: and scene would be the the box type guy I think he's just a little bit more of a, a secure tackler both can do it though right that's that's the that's the glory I think of having those two together is you don't have to declare one. As a free safety or a strong safety, you can have them both playing 12 yards off, and you can, you know, you can call Rip or Liz. You can roll strong or weak depending on whatever play you want, and you're not necessarily getting worse one way or the other. I don't think either guy is great as a center fielder, but they can do it. And then if you're going to play two deep looks or, you know, have two deep safeties, they're both really good at taking the ball away and just playing really intelligently from there. So I just, I love the versatility. If I'm drafting a safety, he's got to do. All especially early, he's got to do all three parts. He's got to play deep, he's got to play in the box and be able to man cover. I think Scene kind of checks all three of those boxes as an at least an acceptable, if not plus level. And I don't know if Daxton Hill quite checks all three as well. It's like that's why we went that route.
2: So but, yeah. if you if you get this safety guy, and we we always said that uh, Spags value safeties more than corners, does that drop corner lower down your list? Can Corner get lower down a list for Brett Veach? Um, (laughs) okay look if if brett beach with all seven all the seven round picks if he took all corners would you be shocked or would you be like that's so brett
1: beach listen if they don't have one by then why not (laughs) if they haven't drafted one by then why not um yeah i think if you see a safety any safety in the first you know two days of the draft I think you can kind of start to maybe go, okay, they have a plan, right? Whatever that may be, maybe they have a plan and you don't have to – if you see a safety but no corner in the first two days of the draft, don't panic as a Chiefs fan, I guess would be what I'm saying. Maybe the plan is Juan Thornhill can play corner a little bit. Maybe they do plan on using – scene or daxton hill or jalen petrie a little bit as a corner like don't panic if you see a safety and not a corner i think the nfl especially the way steve spagnola likes to just let those corners throw hands at the line of scrimmage just run vertically don't worry about anything over the middle of the field i think you can be okay with that as long as your safety room is clicking at 100 percent.
0: yeah um i don't know who i hate the nfl is but uh no I would not endorse Jabril Peppers as a third safety on the Chiefs. <laughs> if you if would have came very previously, no, I'm good on that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who's was the but, next pick?
0: But I was about to say, um, before I get to the next pick, um, sign. I would be. I wouldn't be mad to pick. My only concern is if if the Chiefs didn't at least try to trade up and get that elite pass rush. Let's just say I've been saying it for a while. If Jermaine Johnson slides into that top 15, the Chiefs didn't attempt to get into that top 15, then, you know, I'd be kind of, eh, whatever. But if sign is the pick, then cool. I just hope that uh, pass rush gets addressed somehow because I just cannot run it back with Frank Clark. I can't run it back with that same defensive line. I just can't. We need somebody that's going to create havoc on the the defense, man, to help the rest of the unit out. That's just how I I see it. Fully
1: agree. Um, and I think when we did this mock draft, I think that we, I, I, think we either said or already off the board were you know the edge rushers that we wanted. Like we wanted to give a few new names, right? Like we right. all do eight hundred mock drafts, right? There's no reason for right. me to continue to, to draft Boy Mafe, Traylon Burks, and do all right. the same stuff every single time. Right. So like right. we tried not to take the same names, but I do actually think Mafey was off the board. Um, looking at what we talked about, Steve Spagnola, what he likes. David Ajabo doesn't really fit. Arnold Ebicchetti doesn't fit. The value right. just wasn't there at edge for this pick. Right. Corner didn't like the guys available. So, like, we went to just essentially the best player available. And it's this whole draft was done with what I think is close to a nightmare scenario for the Chiefs at every pick. Like, we did not have the guys that traditionally we would like or as fans would like. So, this was kind of a, a little bit of a curveball, but we didn't hate it. But, I mean, also because I love Seen. So, like, I would take him at twenty nine. I would want an edge rusher, but I would be super happy. Kind of like you said, if they got him, like, cause I just, I love the player.
0: Yeah. There's a couple guys in here though, that kind of fit the mold for the chiefs though. I mean, just overall, you know what I mean? But, um, sign though, like, have you, have you been hearing about a stock dropping? Because I think at first he would be kind of talked about as like a top 15 guy, maybe top 20 guy, maybe. So,
1: um, Coming out of the combine because he ran so fast at, you know, for ever. So everybody sees the highlights of this Georgia safety, just drilling guys and hitting them hard at the line of scrimmage. And all of a sudden he comes out and runs a four, three, whatever. And you're like, Whoa, wait a second. Why is this big hitting safety running so fast? I think there was an overcorrection where he got moved up boards too far. And so he got into that middle of the first round. And now you start to see him fall back down to the end of first round, early round two. I I would, I will put one caveat on that though. From everything I've heard he interviewed amazingly well. Like people loved his interviews. He was like that. George's defense was great. He was, you know, the quarterback of the defense. He was the guy making all the calls. He understood everything. So like, if you hear his name come in the top 20, like, I don't think you should be shocked if that still happens, but also it's a safety. So he could go at pick 40 just as easily because it's a good safety class. Like guys might just like someone else better.
0: Okay. Now, um, let's go to the next pick. Uh, Sky Moore is one of the guys I do like in this draft. Um, I like what I saw. I like his at rivalry. 30? I like his... Y'all picked him at 30. Yes, we did, country. Country, hold <laughs> on, man. Let me finish, country. Let me finish, Go ahead, go okay? ahead. I'm sorry. I'm Let, me so... I'm right? Let me finish. I'm just joking. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right. Man. Um, <laughs> he kind of blew it for me there. But anyway, um, he is one of the guys I do like in this draft. Um, I like how he gets open. I like how he creates separation and everything. Uh, he does catch the ball with his body at times. Uh, that is one negative. But other than that, I did like what I saw on film. But at pick 30, I'm kind of like, we yeah, sure he's not going to be there at, let's say, pick 50? <laughs> is he not a second-round, more of a second-round guy than a late first-round guy?
1: Am I sure? No. I like, obviously I like him better at 50. Um, the, the scenario that yeah. we went through was wide receivers flew off the board with guys, try with every team trying to get their fifth year option on receiver. Cause nobody wants to pay them $25 million. Right. So we operated under the assumption that the best receivers available were Sky Moore, Christian Watson, and Jahan Dotson. And of those three for, for me, and I think for us as a group, Sky Moore's clearly ahead of the other two for me i know that's going to differ from everybody but i think we were all kind of on the same page that skyboard for us was a, a step ahead of christian watson a step ahead of uh, Jahan dotson we didn't feel comfortable especially without doing trades in this mock draft of waiting you know 20 picks essentially to make sure that our number or all any of the three were there but especially you know the top guy like 20 picks is a long time if you're waiting on only one of those three receivers i don't know how you don't take that shot there and since we weren't trading we had to go 20 picks like i just it felt like too big of a risk to not take one of those guys in that spot even though it might be a little bit of a reach
0: interesting yeah because um, i thought that pick was a little bit of a reach because i was thinking like uh i don't know i think sky might be there at pick 50 and like um at pick 30 um you can Maybe find something else at value, possibly. I don't know how y'all draft yeah. board went overall, but that was that was just me,
1: right? And, and now I get it, and I think that's the majority of a lot of like people's, you know, feedback on it was like, oh, I'd love Sky more at fifty, but at thirty, that's a bad pick. Like I, I, I fully understand. We were just. If that's what we looked at, if like this is exactly what we got, we'd probably try to trade back. You know, maybe you can move back five, six, seven spots and then you can figure out, okay, now if we're picking now at, you know, 37, I think that's a Bears pick and that's a pretty common trade that I see people make to come back, go back or something like, okay, now all of a sudden maybe Sky Moore or Dotson or what, like somebody's off the board that kind of forces your hand a little bit, but you pick up an extra pick somewhere in the fourth, fifth round. I, I get the logic. We just weren't trading 20. After you, those three receivers that I named, you know, if you get by Sky Moore, Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson, I, is there anybody else though? Like, is there anyone left after those three? I don't know if you can come out of the top 50 picks without one of those wide receivers, right? Like that was, I think the general line of thinking is we got to get one because this team does need receivers. Take them early rather than risk not getting him at all.
0: Yeah. And no, I'm looking at the comments right now. Um, FAKC is strong on Sky Moore saying he might be Steve Smith in the right system. Like, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Contributor. Yeah. I think I'm kind of with that. Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm on board with that. I don't, I don't think he's a wide receiver one. I don't think he becomes a wide receiver one, but none of these guys I'm talking about after, I mean, I already said after kind of Garrett Wilson, I don't know if you're getting a wide receiver one or even the potential for one. So I don't know. I get it. I get not wanting to take him there. It's just, if the chiefs come out of this draft and they the earliest wide receiver, they take is, you know, at 50 or at 62. And it's, uh, I, I don't even know who's going to be that Jalen Tolbert or Alec Pierce. Like I'm upset. Like I'm upset. They didn't reach for a wide receiver before those guys. So I figured I would rather reach than be left. Holding one of those guys as my only hope.
0: Yeah. Harnes was a uh, huge Tolbert guy. Uh, he just, we just had him on the show last episode. He's a huge Jalen Tolbert guy. So, um what's that pick 50 you guys agreed on josh pascal the defensive in from kentucky now i like kentucky's defensive players i like what they've done in the sec the past few years on defense in general so um you talk about josh allen who plays for the jaguars now that josh allen we're not talking about bill's quarterback here y'all right don't get it twisted okay <laughs> we're talking about jaguars defensive end josh allen so um what what made you guys come in agreement on Josh Pascal being the, the edge guy for the Chiefs?
1: So th- this was another big discussion we had. We're sitting there at 50 and kind of, we boiled it down to this uh, Josh Pascal out of Kentucky or Drake Jackson out of USC. We touched on Drake Jackson a little bit earlier. Um, neither guys a perfect fit for Steve Spagnolo athletically, but both are very close. Like, you know, we're talking missing thresholds by half an inch or missing weight by a couple pounds. Like there's nothing there. Separated them. The difference was Josh Pascal is ready on day one. He's going to step in in day one and he's going to play. He might not be the most dynamic pass rusher on the team. He might, you know, fans, Chiefs fans are not going to like him when they go watch him, right? Because he's not, he's explosive, but he's not a good pass rusher. He's not bendy. He doesn't have a ton of production as a sack artist. He's a very dense, good run defender, powerful guy that's going to step in and play on day one. Maybe there's some hidden pass rush upside because he is so darn explosive but he just isn't a productive pass rusher, but he can play on day one. That's what we were looking for. Like everybody else, you know, Frank Clark has clearly lost a couple steps. These past few years, he's been in Kansas City. Mike Dana's not the answer. Who are you putting out there on day one that you feel good about? Like we didn't feel good about anybody available. Josh Pascal was the best of the group to play early in his career. We figured we would go back, double around and get that high upside rusher a little bit later in the draft that's going to need a year or two to develop.
0: Yeah, um, Marcus Moser, uh, he's a guy that covers the Cowboys and the Raiders, I believe. Um, he did like a comparison on April the 14th. It was uh, Josh Pascal and uh, George Carlathis, a dude that I'm clearly low on. I'm not a fan of Carlathis. I hope he doesn't fall <laughs> to where the Chiefs are if they don't trade up. But anyway, um, he did a comparison. And, yes, I do agree that uh, with you that Carlathis, he probably has more of a pass rusher plan than Josh Pascal as a pass rusher. Um, Pascal is probably more of a run stopper type of dude. But, um, at the end, I think Pascal, he can maybe bring just about the same, same amount of impact in the right system. You know what I mean? If you get him to learn to come up with a plan, you know what I mean? So,
1: yeah. and That's the hardest part with him is I watched him. I did it like a film room for, you know, some people on our discord and, he just doesn't get any opportunities to rush. Like they just don't exist. Like it's not that he can't. He just doesn't right. get any opportunities to do so. So what does it look like when you put him out there as a wide nine and just let him use his freakish explosion and just attack? Like I don't. I don't know what it's going to look like. I'm willing to see what it looks like, knowing that the floor is a strong run defender that is Steve is going to play. He's going to play him because he's a good run defender that's a very smart player. He'll get on the field. There's maybe hidden pass rush upside. I think he'll be a really good run defender. Not the sexiest of picks, but I think it makes a lot of sense for the situation the Chiefs are in.
0: Okay. So, uh, but then um, now you guys at picks number 62, uh, Martin Emerson, the cornerback. This is a guy, this name has been floating around quite a bit in Chiefs kingdom. I don't see him in like many, many chiefs my drafts from all kinds of different people so um that was a solid pick right then and there um I, does he's, he's one of those guys that kind of fits the spash criteria basically as far as uh what you would look in a cornerback
1: yep big super long super strong likes to press great tackler um he fits all the criteria I'm a little bit more hesitant on him. This is this is one that you know we we there's three of us doing it. We kind of talked about it. It was taking us a long time. We had to make a decision. I got overruled and we went with Martin Emerson just because I I I'm a little scared of him when he has to play man coverage, right? Like and the Chiefs do a good job protecting their corners. They do. They they give them a lot of help. But Martin Emerson, when he went up against Alabama, when he went up against good receivers, there was times where when he did get a man coverage or his zone coverage played out like man. I didn't love the change of direction. I didn't love how heavy footed he was. So I'm a little skeptical at taking him this early. But we kind of we were running out of time. Some other you know Kent Craig liked him a little bit more than I did. He does fit the system. If you want to tell me Steve Spagnuolo brings him in, teaches him how to press better, how to stay on top of stuff, you might see some. I mean, we saw Charvarius Ward improve a ton over these past few years. I at least see the route that that could happen with Emerson. I do think 62 is a little bit rich though for me.
0: Okay, so do you see him more? So you see him more like a, a third round pick?
1: Yeah, I think so. I feel a lot better about Emerson at the and round three. And I am not sold that I don't take some of those guys that we talked about already. Like uh, you know when I was we, like Joshua Williams out of Fayetteville State, or you know somebody like Zion McCollum. I don't know if I don't like the concept of taking one of those athletic freaks a little bit higher than him. They're riskier. There's more development, but I think. I think that she's swinging for upside at corner when they limit what they ask you to do so much might be the move, right? If you're not going to ask this guy to do it a whole lot, but throw hands and carry vertically, why not get the guy that might have the athletic upside to eventually do more when the role is going to be so simple. Whereas Martin Emerson, I think it's going to be pretty straightforward. He's going to press a guy. He's going to drop off. He's going to play with good zone instincts. He's going to tackle, but is there anywhere else he's going to go with it? I don't know. And so, like I said, third round, even early fourth is kind of the, the area that I would look for him in.
0: Okay. And by the way, people, we're not going to go through the entire <laughs> draft board because they already did a show on this. But I'm going to talk about these next two picks and then I'm going to move on. Now, um, before I announce this pick, somebody, had asked, somebody on Twitter asked this question before we did the show. They mentioned how Travis Kelsey is 33 years old and they was like, should we start thinking about his replacement because he is getting a little older? And I was like, I mean, it it might be that time to maybe start thinking about that. I mean, 33 is starting to be like, okay, probably only got a few more years. It might be at that crossroads, maybe. Um, so, uh, this pick you guys agreed on a uh, Greg Dulich at tight end. So I mean, is this the Travis Kelsey replacement you you guys are maybe looking at, or is this more like a um, another maybe future tight end too, um, next to Jody yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: yeah, I'm, I think it's kind of the guy that you're hoping becomes the Travis Kelsey replacement. Okay, like Travis Kelsey played his lowest percentage of snap, like offensive snaps last year since his since his second year in the end. Since 2014, his first year starting, you know, his first year healthy. Last year, he only played 82% of the snaps. That was the lowest since 2014. And even if you look, Go look how many times Travis Kelsey has gassed late in the game because, I mean, he's asked to do a lot. He's a huge part of the offense, but he's gassed when you're having him play 50-plus snaps every single week and being so important. How about we cut that down even more? Why can't he play 70% of the snaps? Don't ask him to block as much. Don't ask him to run all, you know, every single first and 10 You know route. Get him a little bit more rest. Prolong that career. Help him stay fresher, deeper into the season, deeper into the game. So the reason we go with Greg Dulcich out of UCLA, I think he's the best receiving tight end in this class, right? He, he's not—he's not just a receiver. He can block a little bit. He's very willing to block. You can put him in line. He can—he can block the same way Travis Kelsey has been asked to block these last couple of years. You know, you're gonna peel him off to the second level. You're gonna pull him around on that split zone and take, you know, a defensive end that's trying to play the read option out the backside. He's not gonna be a lead blocker, but you got Blake Bell still for that you're going to use him to block in space. And he's very, very fine, adequate, good at that. But he's the best receiver. He runs, you know, routes to all three levels. You watch him run in the open field, or once he has the ball, he has that kind of elusiveness that you like out of the tight end. So I just think he's the best guy to take over, not only some of the blocking reps, he can take over some of the receiving aspect. And if Kelsey is done, you know, knock on wood or whatever it may be in three years, if that's when he decides to call it, You now still have a guy like Dulcich that's learned the system. He's ready to go because tight end is an incredibly hard position to get up the speed in the NFL with.
0: So I was, I was actually more of a a Trey McBride guy in this draft. So you like him more? uh, You like him more over Trey McBride in this draft? I think.
1: Yeah, just as a receiver. I think he's, I think Dulcich is a better vertical receiver than Trey McBride is. I think he's better if you're going to ask him to run the seam or run kind of like a deep bending type, deep bender type route. I would, I think Dulcich is just a little bit more fluid. Um, McBride's a better blocker, better hands. Like there's, there's a little bit of pros and cons for both of them. I have them tied in, you know, one A, one B. I just lean towards Dulcich because if the plan is to eventually replace Travis Kelsey, I want the guy that I think looks the most fluid out in space that can attack all three levels a little bit better. If you just want the guy that's going to block, if you're looking for the Dallas Godert to your Zach Ertz, then Trey McBride might might be the route to go instead.
0: Okay. I, I like those points. I like those points. Now, um, I'm going to ask you this. I mean, do you, would you like the Chiefs to go this direction, or do you prefer them trying to develop uh, Jody Fortson or Noah Gray.
1: All right. Moving forward. Jody Fortson is 26 years old and has played tight end one year in the NFL. Like are I, I like what we saw. It was, he, he had some good games down the stretch, but he's not young. He's barely played tight end. I don't know if we've seen enough to say that he's going to be a tight end. Have we even seen enough to say he's going to be a tight end two At this point in time, his only time he wasn't getting tight in four reps was when Blake Bell or Noah Gray were hurt, right? So like now you can clearly see there was development and I love keeping him around. I just don't see how you can believe he's going to be that guy, especially given the age. Noah Gray, I liked him last year. Fifth round pick. um, There's stuff there. He's a little slider though. Like you watch him just try to block. You watch him try to run vertically. There's not the same level of speed. I just don't think he's the same level of athlete as these other guys. So I think Fortson and Noah Gray are great Tight end threes, maybe even potentially if they continue to develop tight end twos. Like, there's no problem with saying they could come in and be your complimentary tight end. It's just I haven't seen enough out of either to believe that they're going to be that guy to pass on a Trey McBride or a Dulcich or somebody like that.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm in agreement. I mean, I like the pick, you know what I mean? I wouldn't mind him getting Dulcich here and, you know, develop him. And then, you know, when Kelsey finally starts to get on this – slight decline or whatever, then okay, we can maybe start throwing doses in the phone, so I'm with it. Alright, so the last pick we're going to discuss here, and then you guys just got to watch the rest of that episode on um, KC Sports Network. Get the rest of their mock. Um Jalen Armour Davis, it's another cornerback that you guys are in on. Um,
2: so, we'll it for a little forward. bit. Say it again?
0: Jalen Armour Davis? Is that right? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay.
1: Yeah. Out of Alabama. Um, So myself for KCSN, you know, myself, KCSN draft guy as a whole, and Chris Sims, we're, we're kind of out here on an island about Jalen Armour Davis right now. I think Chris Sims had him as his, one of his top five corners in the class. I believe in KCSN, he's either five or six. So we, we clearly like him just a lot more than a lot of other people. The the concern, I'll get it right out front of it. The concern, one year starter at Alabama, he's had an injury history, right? So here's a five-star, four-star recruit, good track athlete was a really good triple and long jumper so athletic guy but has an injury history only one year starting at Alabama but then when you get to the good you watch him play you want to talk he might be the best press corner if you're looking for a guy that likes to step kick so like the the old Seattle cover 3 style of uh, of defense of corner play where you know they step out to the side they get their hands on a guy they play patient he's got the best kick step in this entire draft class at the corner position and the Chiefs don't exclusively use that out of their corners, but they do press. They press more than any other team in the NFL. For my money, he's the best, the most technical press corner in this draft class. He's got the athleticism to run with anybody vertically. Playing for Nick Saban, he has clear ideas of concepts and zone and route combinations because they coach those guys up. I just love the upside there that as long as he is healthy, I'm willing to take that risk. And especially if it's, you know, we're talking the end of day two now or in comp pick territory give me the guy with the super high upside that i can show the tangible flashes of high-end play and we'll deal with the injury stuff as long as you know as long as the medical team clears them beforehand
0: well this is a risk reward type of deal with him so cool all right so you guys have to um, go to kc sports network to catch the whole entire mock draft (laughs) episode you guys want the rest of those picks but i will (laughs) say that I do like the Dontario Drummond uh, pick that you guys agreed on later on, uh, the right receiver to Ole Miss. Um, yeah. Definitely because they've been cropping out. They've, they've been cropping some good receivers the past few years. You know, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, um, Elijah Moore. yeah, Just a few and names I- right there. And I think
1: Drummond comes from I, I could be wrong on this, but I think he came from that last coaching cycle of those same recruits. Um, I don't think he was part of Lane Kiffin's recruiting cycle yet. So he was still part of the same coaching staff that recruited all those guys as well. So like they clearly were seeing something into these guys coming out of high school. So like that makes you know, that's another feather in the cap. He's arguably the best blocking wide receiver in the class. Like that's that that's why you take him in day three. You get a big guy that has potential but if he can block you can probably find a spot for him you know on
0: your roster. Definitely. So I got so like before we um kind of wrap things up here yeah. um I want to talk about Stefan Gilmore. Um, oh okay. gosh. He signed with the Colts, two-year deal, 23 million, 12 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. I think that was the details. Correct me on that if I'm wrong. I think but, that's about it, it was 12
1: or 14 guaranteed, but yeah, something something okay. like that.
0: Okay. <laughs> RJ is killed me in the comments. But anyway. <laughs> but anyway, um okay, now is not signing Stefan Gilmore a miss or would the Chiefs be fine? Um forward?
1: somewhere in between, right? Like I don't know if it was necessarily a miss, but if the Chiefs paid that exact contract for Stefan Gilmore, they would have paid him in one contract more than they've paid any other corner since Brett Veach has uh has taken over he i think that amount of guaranteed money might be more guaranteed money than they've given to every corner they've signed since brett beach you know took over so like they very clearly don't value corner at the same level that other people in the nfl do um i think that contract is it's lofty like that's not a nothing that's not a throwaway contract right that's not a contract that's normally signed on april 14th or whatever it was In the draft offseason for a 30 plus year old corner who's coming off a couple injuries, you know, with his lower body injuries in the past few seasons, that's a good amount of money. I understand why the Chiefs were outbid if they were or weren't interested. So I don't know if it's necessarily a big loss. I also don't know if I feel comfortable saying they'll be fine though. Like they clearly need bodies at corner and they need to replace Charvarius Ward, Rashad Fenton won't replace Charvarius Ward like he's not as good I don't know if LeJarius Sneed will be as good as Charvarius Ward was even if he plays outside full-time last year like right like there's no guarantee the Chiefs still need help I just don't know if you have to go pay Gilmore that much money and I'm not surprised the Chiefs didn't at all
0: and that's how I feel about it because like don't get me wrong I love Stephon Gilmore hell of a player um however the past couple of years his body's been breaking down a bit and I don't know if I would have risked that, even though we still are in win now mode. Like, is he going to be out there on the field for 17 weeks? Uh, or if he misses, like, one week and that's it, or maybe two weeks. Like, is he going to be reliable? You know? So that's just kind of how I felt about it.
1: Right, yeah. I, I, I'm fully on board with that. Like, I just, yeah, you don't know enough of what you're going to get. And then on top of not knowing, it's just the price. Like, even – uh, you know, you have to pick another player. Like, I don't want to pay James Bradbury that much money. Now, I think Stefan Gilmore still, when he's healthy, a better player than James Bradbury is, but like, I don't want to pay James Bradbury that much money, nor do I think the Chiefs. And so, like, it's just where the Chiefs value corners, I think there's very clear. Like, I think they're interested in corners that are elite. If you're an elite corner, I do think the Chiefs are interested. If you're anywhere in between elite and just another guy, I don't think they care. They just simply don't care. They're going to go from, elite Jalen Ramsey uh, or whoever else might be up there. And then anybody else that falls down until you get to your Breland or Bashad Breland's until you get to your uh, who else have they brought it over there? Morris Claiborne's guys like that. Like they're just, they don't care about anybody in between. They only want the guys that are at the top or the bottom, the whole middle ground. They're just like, eh, shoulder shrug.
0: Yeah. Bottom line is that Gilmore, they don't think that he's the 2019 defense player of the year type of guy.
1: Yeah, and they're right. I mean, he's not. Why do you
2: why do you think they feel that way about corners, though? Uh that's that's a good question. Um,
1: the system is friendly to corners, I think. Like, I think you've kind of seen it. You know, you're gonna play mostly on the vertical third of the field. You're especially this past year, you're getting a lot of too high safety looks, so you're getting a safety that can wall stuff off that breaks inside. You get a fair amount of help um and then you're going to be physical at the line of scrimmage and theoretically the pass rush is good you press you're not covering for very long until the pass rush gets home right like that's the steve spagnolo mantra to playing defense now they haven't had the pass rush lately but you're still just getting physical corner play with good safety play or at least complementary safety play to it they think these average corners that can play the style they want they can press they can slow down the wide receivers route is going to be good enough for them to win and i mean They made it to four straight AFC championship games. They got two Super Bowls in there. Like they've been correct with the philosophy, no matter how frustrating it is to watch, you know, teams just throw in the playoffs specifically, throw these YOLO balls or throw these deep shots to the chases, the Mike Evans, you know, whoever it may be of the world. It's frustrating, but you can't really argue with the results, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right on that. nailed it. (laughs) Like. So um so Matt on draft night um, you're at the Kingdom Grill everybody's drinks are flowing the picks are flowing in and and Kansas City's on the board and they rush to that that podium and they announce that one name that made Matt smile from ear to ear ooh. who's that guy
0: Oh
1: man okay um ooh this is, this is a tough question. Like You got you got me really thinking now because I, I think I've gotten to the point to where I don't know if there is a pick at 29 that makes me that excited. Right? Like There's picks I will like, but I don't know if they're staying at 29 a realistic pick that makes me that excited. Now, what I'll tell you this, I don't know how possible it is, but I think it's in the realm of possibility that teams are afraid of Kayvon Thibodeau's off-field stuff, the rumored off-field stuff with Thibodeau. He falls to pick 12, to pick 13, and the Chiefs make that trade up and go draft him. Yeah, I'll I'll be smiling ear to ear if that situation. I just don't know if there's a realistic player that I think falls to 29 that's going to get me overly excited. Um, I would love Pickens. I just don't know if I would be up there cheesing because I think that I think if he falls that far, other teams are probably questioning his medicals. And all it's going to be back in the back of my mind, why aren't the Chiefs questioning his medicals too?
0: Man, I'm jumping out of my seat if k somehow fell that far. Right. Oh, yeah. No, so if he's the there at 12.
1: Trail. Yeah. If he's there at 12, 13, they trade up for him. Like, yeah, I, I am. One, I'm super happy if the Chiefs do it. Two, if, if he's that far, I'm upset if they don't. Right. Like, that's a, it's a double-edged sword. If the, he gets picked at pick 12, I'm like, what the heck? Why did they not trade up to 11? Why did they not trade up the to go or 10 to go get him? Now, I don't right. anticipate it, but there's right. enough Me smoke. Either. And like, I've heard the interviews, like, you know, I've heard him go on public or I've heard, you know, the reports of how he interviewed with teams. If he's going to rub coaches the wrong way, some coaches, not all, some coaches aren't going to like being like, Hey, I don't need your coaching. I know what I did wrong. Somebody might like it. Dan Campbell picking two might love the edge, might love the energy and take him at pick two. Or you might have him be like, well, wait a second. I don't want that guy that's, I don't feel coachable or doesn't want me to coach him. So it's just, it's team by team. I don't think he'll be there, but that's the one that like I could get really
2: excited about.
0: So good deal. Okay, so
2: uh, last question before we get you out of here, and we thank you for your time, Matt. I thank you guys. We love me on, you. You've always been supportive of the of the team, of the squad, and we've been uh, just as a supportive of you in the draft guide. It's amazing. If you do not have it, go get the draft guide, please. <laughs> we shouldn't have to tell you this every year. Every year is amazing. Every year. Um, okay, so you gotta pay a thousand dollars. You're in the okay. Chiefs draft, you're in the Chiefs draft room, drinks are free, food is free, you get to pick the day that you get to be in the room. What day would you pick? Day one, we know it's round one, day two is two and three, mm-hmm. and then three is everything else. Well, definitely not. What day not- would you pick?
1: Definitely not day three. Um, I, I, no, no, not day three. Um, that's like in the middle of the day, too. That's not even at night. Like, no. Right. Three's right. a hard no. Um,
0: <laughs> right.
1: I mean, I, logically, the smart move is you pick day two. You get more picks. It's a little bit more time. You get to see more picks. You probably see guys being a little bit looser with their opinions, and you start to get, like, real conversations because it's a lot more – team specific it's a lot more about the scheme and not just the players it's like logically day two's you know it's screaming to me but day one of the nfl drafts a different animal like that's when all the stars are going that's when all these guys that everybody's anticipating has been talked up to be studs or going off the board you get a year like this year where the chiefs have two picks and so much ammo to trade around to hear and see all the stuff they're doing, trying to work the phones and stuff. Like day one is so tempting because of that. I might have to go with it, but I mean, I get anyone that would say day two. I,
2: I, I think I want to go day two because day two kind of starts immediately after round one. So it's it's like all night and it builds up and it builds up. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah I think it's – Talking and all that, and information being shared all through that night, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's probably just longer, <laughs> yeah. But nah, day two is, yeah, especially if we had a high pick, like, uh, if we had gone, how long until the Chiefs get a number one pick again? Like, does anybody want to see that again
0: ever in life? It's probably, probably won't happen until maybe after Patrick Mahomes retires. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: I almost feel like it's more likely, I mean, you know, even, even though after he retires, I mean, like how likely is it that the team's going to be so bad the moment he retires, they're picking number one again. Like that doesn't right. usually seem to happen to teams with that level of quarterback either, you know, um, besides Peyton Manning, but like that was an injury thing. So, like, I I don't know. Like, you're probably the best bet for the Chiefs to have the number one pick is somehow trade for a future first-round pick at some point in time and then just have that team be bad almost seems like better odds than them actually being bad enough to get it, especially – I mean, Andy won't be coaching that long, but, like, he's not going to pick number one either.
0: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I'll, I'll, I'll probably pick day two too as well. Um, Just the way the NFL does the does the NFL draft night now, um, you know, day two, like you guys said, a few more picks, you know, still nationally televised, all that. And uh, Caleb, he commented, said, find all the diamonds in the rough. Guys guys that were previously propped up as round one picks uh, somehow slid down, and then <laughs> you can find those guys at round two. And oh. draft you draft y'all to a great start. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I think i am with you guys on day two. So, so yeah. you're definitely going to be in town for the draft,
2: right?
1: Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to be in Kansas City for the draft. Um, we got the KCSN draft party at the Kingdom Bar and Grill. We are, we are going to be talking live. Anytime the draft is officially on, once the clock is rolling to when the clock stops, all three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we at KCSN, we are going to have a draft show, a live draft show going. We'll all be hanging out at the Kingdom Bar. You know, We'll be working in shifts doing the live show, so we'll be out hanging out. So like I said, that's during the draft, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'll be in town. You, you two, you two better show up. You know, if you guys are close, I don't know how close you guys are, but uh, I hope <laughs> you guys, you know, show up, come hang out for at least you know a little bit one of the nights. Anybody listening, please do the same. You know, uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I have a feeling that it's going to be. I don't know how busy it's going to be there yet because like there's no RSVP system, it's just kind of showing up. But if when we did our live stuff at various bars for games, it got pretty busy some nights for the big games. So I imagine this will be you know equally big. So it'll be a lot of other cheese fans there. So it should be a lot of fun. Well,
0: I'm so, not am not close, but you know I may pull up in there, say what's up.
2: I'm I'm about five it. minutes I'm about five minutes closer than huge. <laughs> <Bro. laughs> um, okay, last question, then we get out of here. Okay, gun to your head. When do the Chiefs pick? Twenty. Uh, I I
1: forget who picks right in front of the Packers. Um. 26 27 range. I don't remember the bills are in there, so they won't share the Chiefs. But the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs will move up ahead of the Packers pick at 28. So it'll be late mid to late 20s. They'll jump the Packers second pick to make their first selection in the NFL draft. I think they want two first round picks, I think, or at least the option to have two first round picks. I don't foresee them trading up into the top 15. I think mid to late 20s just to jump the Packers is where I would lean right now.
0: How many and then how many of these draft picks are the Chiefs actually gonna be selected out of these 12 slots? Like how many slots are gonna be left for the Chiefs? nine.
1: I think they take nine players, which is I think a lot for Brett Veach. I feel like he's been lower than
2: he's that. He's never did over six.
1: Six. Oh god. Uh right. No, I'll stick with nine. as that was the gut feel. I'm gonna go with nine. I think they're trying to turn over the roster a little bit more. So I'm gonna stick with nine. But yeah, like there's they're gonna lose some of these twelve picks in the process for sure.
2: I was going with eight but nine yeah. nine feels good too though so <sighs> hey matt it's always a pleasure man you you know the country boy of kcsn <laughs> and you you helped suffer with me through all these names names that i screwed over tonight and uh that's my favorite I apologize <laughs> who he played <laughs> you say nothing tipet I I get I whatever. (laughs) Only name I know I to pronounce is George Pickens.
1: How about that? I mean, hey, look, you guys are too great. You guys are too nice. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for you know indulging indulging me talking about the draft because I do it way too much, and I'm sure a lot of people you know that I see day to day are tired of uh, tired of hearing about it. So thanks for having me on. You know, I enjoy it. You guys have uh, been doing great stuff. So it was it was always an honor to get a jump on here with you guys.
2: Yep. And next show. We doing nothing but farm farm talk next oh, time.
1: Let's do it. I'll, I'll point the camera out the window. Like I can turn this thing and we can just look outside and start looking at some ducks and chickens and doing whatever they're doing out there right <laughs> now, man.
2: <laughs> I want to see the pigs. Uh I they're, see the pigs. <laughs> they're
1: locked up today because they they were they were mischievous yesterday. So they're staying in the pen today. They don't get free reign today. They're in trouble.
2: Look, oh man. Take us out, Kendall. Say good, Say Kingdom Cash. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yo like subscribe uh um, comment uh join the community uh we got 67 members strong i appreciate each and every last one of you that joined up uh matt i did send you an invitation so um y'all have a nice night man keep keep uh, talking to us we do have a special announcement coming real soon and we'll see y'all this week Chuck, take us out
0: yeah, disclaimer on the Twitter communities. Um, everybody doesn't have access. I somehow don't have access, but I can <laughs> access it from the main page of the show. So that's the only way I'm in the community right now. Um, so for oh, those who Easter. don't, yeah, Happy Easter, Paul. So for those who don't have access to the Twitter communities, um, they're still working on that. Be patient. They're gonna open that up to everybody. But for those who do have access, yeah, uh, click the click the link. Um, for Twitter communities, join us, join join us in there, you know, yeah, are see me, or DM me and ask me to
2: invite you if I like you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, we need to get on Discord, uh, whatever. I don't even know how to use it. Maybe Matt will run it down and tell me how to use it. I'm
0: already on Discord, <laughs> I'm already on Discord, so we'll... um, it's
2: a complicated um, oh, process, so, yeah. So, we need to have a meeting then. Okay, <laughs> yeah, 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 happy, Easter, happy holidays! All right, y'all, holidays.
0: Once again, Kimmel, Kingdom well. Cash, we out of Say here. Bye, Chuck. Bye, Chuck. Bye, Chuck.
1: Bye. She was
0: about that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: oh, goodness. <laughs> bye, Kendall.
2: He said-